Well, welcome everybody to the Finding Faith podcast. I'm here with Michaela Mio. This is the first time you're on this. Yeah. Yeah. First time. Mm-hmm. First time. Definitely, yeah. definitely didn't record one before this, and then I <laughs> randomly deleted it. That didn't happen, or not deleted. I just it forgot. Just didn't record. It just didn't record. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm here with fresh eyes, fresh mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so tell us about yourself for the first time ever. All right. Um, okay, well, I am 29. Mm-hmm. I have lived in Atlanta for about three years, a little over three years. Um, I work in finance and I do like financial analysis, business analysis um, internally for a company. Super exciting. Um, yeah, I have been a Christian my whole life. Yeah. Um in in some capacity. Um and I just in the last couple of years have really started to kind of own that for myself and figure out what that looks like and um really just explore what faith looks like to me and what faith means to me. Um and it's been it's been a really interesting process. Yeah. Learned a lot. Unlearned a lot as well. Unlearned a lot. Yeah. We can get into that. That's a, that's a story <laughs> for sure. Um. All right. How did you get into finance? Like, what was the story behind that? Did you just go to college, or was it a high school thing where you're like, I'm gonna do this? Um. So no, I didn't know what I wanted to go to college for. Mm-hmm. Um. And my mom had really wanted to do accounting. Um. And she only got through her like AA degree. Mm-hmm. So she was really encouraging me to do accounting and she like put me in this weird intro accounting course in high school Mm. to like, let me see if I liked it. And I really did like it because that was like the super basics, like, oh, debits and credits. It's like a puzzle. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I went into college, declared an accounting major and um, kind of found out about a year in that. Accounting's not fun like that oh. um, most of the time. Yeah. And it's actually like really boring and complicated. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but at that point it was like, oh, I'm already, I'm already this far into it. Like I'm just going to finish. And then, and then, you know, you got your professors kind of leaning in and I went to a very small school. So mm. it was like seven of us in the accounting program. We all know each other very well. Um, so wow. your professors are coming to you like, oh, you're really good at this. Like you should get your CPA. Like. I don't really want to, but like, okay. So now I have a CPA. Let's go. (laughs) And I worked in audit for a year and a half and then did finance. And I've been doing that ever since. Congratulations. Yeah. Is the CPA hard? Um, yeah. (laughs) It's, yeah. I mean, it's, um. How many tries did it take? I passed them all on the first try. Let's go. Yeah. Maybe you were born to do this. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but yeah, no, it's, it's a good job. It's a great job. Um, Yeah. So you have a Georgia, a Georgia peach on your, on your arm. I saw that. I do. Yeah. Uh, Have you always been in Georgia? Is that a testament to you living your entire life here? No, I'm from California. So, um, I was born and raised in San Diego and then I went to college in Orange County and after finishing college was there for another three and a half, four years. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I moved out here, um, really the best way I can sum it up is like it was a prompting from the Holy Spirit for Mm. me to leave California um and to come out here and I'd only visited here a couple of times randomly but I absolutely loved Atlanta so did you did you get a globe and you were like spinning the globe and then you're like wherever it goes (laughs) God just put me here and then you you hit the you just put your finger on it was really like I genuinely believed I'd be like a California girl for life that was like my mantra I'll never leave I love the ocean like all these things love it and just like I was commuting to my job at the time, which was a a pretty far drive from where I was living. So I was using that time to just like listen to teachings and stuff and like really try to focus in on um, my relationship with God. And that's Mm. really where all that started, honestly, is three years, three years and change ago. Um, And yeah, I just like woke up one day and I felt so like heavy on my heart. Like you're not supposed to be here anymore. And I was like, that's weird because I've been telling everyone that I'm going to be here forever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But yeah, it just wouldn't go away and it wouldn't go away. And the, the series that I was listening to was 
called Crazy Faith, and it was about like. Do you remember who it was by? It's uh, it's Michael Todd. He teaches at a Transformation Church in Tulsa. I love that dude. He's incredible. Um, so I was going through his series, and it was like all about you know leaning out um when you don't know what the next step is but you feel a prompting from the holy spirit so Mm -hmm. like god really used that he was like oh you're you're like prepping for that okay here you go um yeah so i i was like okay i'm supposed to leave i don't know where i'm gonna go though and (laughs) and then you got the globe and then you picked (laughs) no and then god (laughs) god was like remember when you visited atlanta a couple years ago and really okay yeah i did like atlanta it's like the only place domestically i've ever been that i liked um and it was like yeah you're gonna go to atlanta and i was like okay i'm gonna go to atlanta and literally everything fell in place in like three weeks an apartment a job like i mean it it had god's hand all over it so you didn't necessarily even have a job lined up here you just kind of figured like how did that process go um it was like as soon as i decided this is what i was gonna do Mm -hmm. um changed my like linkedin location to atlanta um and yeah i just like talked to recruiters for a couple of weeks did several different interviews and got a job offer within a couple of weeks and so it was cool. like, we want you out here in three weeks time. And I was like, cool, but I need a place to live <laughs> uh, called the place that I live right now. I've been there the whole time I've been in Atlanta. It was like my dream. So that's three apartment. years, right? Three years. Yeah. Okay. It was my dream apartment. Like I had been to this place when I'd visited Atlanta, I'd crashed a pool party here and I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is such a cool place. I would love to live somewhere like this, but it was so out of my price range. Mm. But I just, Felt this prompting again like call them and i was like that's dumb like they're gonna be two times what i want to pay yeah call them so i did uh-huh. and the guy answers the phone and he literally laughs when i tell him like i'm looking for a studio apartment and you need to move in in like two three weeks yeah he goes this is crazy because we <sighs> oh. just had like four or five of our studio apartments all like not renew their leases what? and they're all available and they all went back online this morning like as available to rent and it drove the price algorithm way like down into the ground yep and like now we have our biggest studio which is like 700 square feet yeah like going for this ridiculous price and i'm just like i'll take what? it <laughs> yeah so god had his hand all over me coming here and like in hindsight looking over the last three years and all of the growth i've experienced and how my faith has grown and how I've changed as a person and just really like come into like who I am and knowing yeah. who I am. I mean, this is, I'm moving here is literally the best thing I've ever done. So it, it's funny that you said that all those things happened in order to get you here because when, when I made the mistake of, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm going to do things because I feel like I'm supposed to do it. Even though I knew that it was probably against what he was, was going for. Yeah. Um, it was like hardship after hardship in order to get there, but I I made it there. I made it there. I I, I was talking to my friend last week about this. Um, like God will seal things up, and I budged through. <laughs> um, and but then once I discovered that it was against what God was doing, in order for me to move to Indianapolis at the time, like the job lined up perfectly. I sold a house that there was no way I was supposed to sell it perfectly, and everything like just worked out for that transformation. So. That's so cool that we both experienced that. Now, yeah. I want to go into the whole community aspect when it comes to Atlanta and and faith and, and Christian beliefs because we both got really, really lucky that we migrated over here just because the faith here in Atlanta and the Georgia area is just so strong yeah. um, and there's a lot of conviction. So did you know that ahead of time? Was this more than the reason you did not? No idea. Really? Had no idea. <gasps> That's so cool. Like it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to me now, especially being like a part of what's happening at Passion, mm. that I did not know Passion existed. Neither did I. Like because it's so huge, right? And they're doing so much stuff all the time <laughs> that it's just like wild to me that I'd never heard of them. I'd never heard of Louis. Like, yep. Yeah, it's just weird now being in the midst of it. I'm like, oh this is kind of like a nationwide thing yeah like, like everybody like yeah. a ton of christians know about it. they don't live anywhere near georgia yet somehow we didn't know yeah no i had no idea like where i was gonna go to church when mm-hmm. i came out here I tried it a couple different ones passion was the last one i tried and really i was like oh this feels all right so 
yeah been there ever since but yeah it's no it, it is weird like you said because there is such a strong like faith core in the city that's very like alive and moving um and that definitely was not a thing coming from the west coast it's that's just a very different vibe yeah. um and i was seeking that you know that's that's something that i wanted was was community that was faith based wow. and yeah it's crazy that i ended up in a place you know that has one of the biggest churches and the biggest pastors in the entire nation um and they're doing like incredible things and yeah wild and not even to make this like a big passion podcast but they are so like they're so good at teaching they're so good at, at what they do and it's not one of those things where it's like a big church and um because it's a big church it's very commercial i don't yeah. feel that at all like every time I, one of the things that that i love about passion that that some people might not like about passion someone has told me like oh i i go here because passion does this yeah. um is it is very spirit oriented where it's like if if the pastor whether it be louis whether it be anybody else feels like they need to talk about something they're just going to talk about it, and it yeah. really isn't a time thing where it's like oh well we have to finish by this specific time like they're going to go through it until they get their message out and then and then they'll stop right and then yeah. the church will stop 100 percent. i mean i've been i've been in gatherings where you know like louis will say i plan to talk about this today but <laughs> as i came out on the stage today i just felt like God was telling me that I really need to talk about this. Mm. And I've seen things like that happen so many different times of passion. And it just really, it affirms to me that like the Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is moving and the people in charge are listening to the Holy Spirit moving. And I think that, I mean, that's, that is of the utmost importance is that you're, you know, you're leading a congregation not just by like whatever lesson you planned last week but like you're really leaning on what is god saying right now absolutely yeah. um you also have kind of got yourself into that church as well mm -hmm. um and, and you do a lot of things with them mm -hmm. um and i wanted you to kind of just discuss that sure um, I say primarily right now I'm involved with young adults. Um, mm. and what is, what age group is that? Uh, that's like 18 to 25. Okay. That's like the hard, the hard ages, I guess that they have on it, but. So I can um, join and learn. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you absolutely can. We, we definitely have people like outside of the age range. Um, but it's, it's really just to like create a space for, current college kids in the city mm. and, and people that have recently graduated college and in their first couple of years of working, um, just because that can be such, you know, uh, a big time in your life faith wise, um, when you're trying to figure things out. So I just really have a heart for that age group. Mm. Um, I think specifically because when I look back on, on that time period in my life, um, I really wish that I would have had yes. like mentors um, to speak into things that I was going through in life at that moment. Um, Completely agree. Because, you know, like you got your parents and you got, you got stuff like that, but it, it's different when you've, when you have someone that is kind of close to age in you. You're also like a dumb teenager at the time and you're like, <laughs> you think that you know everything. So you don't really want to listen to your parents all the time. Right. Anyway. And so it's nice to, it's nice to have somebody who like isn't too far out from experiencing all these mm -hmm. same things. Um, and in some cases is still experiencing these things and maybe just has a tiny bit more wisdom, tiny bit more life experience. Um, so yeah, I, I really wanted to like step into a role like that at passion just because that's where my heart kind of is for serving mm -hmm. and um yeah it's been great i've been doing it for uh almost a whole year now we are about halfway through our second semester and it's been awesome just to see like how the girls have kind of grown from when we first met back in august september um and you know how freely everyone shares and talks about what's going on in their life and there's just like these really cool moments of just like raw vulnerability where we're talking mm. about not just faith and how that fits into everything but honestly sometimes you just need to talk about life and yes. you need to talk about what's going on and you need to like be able to do that in a place where people are going to speak life into those things um, i i love that that's so good because 
like how you were saying too, when you're in that age group, 18 to 25, a little bit less and a little bit more, um, it, that is when you are very vulnerable and that's when you're, you're starting to get out of like, okay, like my parents raised me to do this, but now I'm going to become more independent from them. Yeah. Um, and it sometimes like outside resources and outside things that the world kind of bring comes into you and, and you might forget what it is as important to you. Or maybe like you, you didn't necessarily come from a Christian household or, yeah. or you didn't go by the beliefs that you want to continue or that you want to start pursuing. Um, and having someone like how you said someone close to your age that might just be in a, a little different season than than what you currently are because yeah. they went through what you yeah. what you went through that makes a big difference and i wish that was something that i had because i didn't have that and i kind of had to find things on my own as i wanted to dive more into christ um and i i also want to dive into even before that age group but before i do that you mentioned your calling you felt like this is how you're supposed to serve mm-hmm what started that and what got you into like oh my gosh like this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now honestly I don't know if I can pinpoint like one specific thing that it's really just been on my heart I'm also the oldest of four girls so I've kind of always had this like mentorship type role in my (laughs) family dynamic um but it's just you know I feel like I have learned a lot of things the hard way in my life, Um, (laughs) partially out of just pure stubbornness and partially out of not feeling like I had people other than true, I guess, authority figures to to talk to about things um, when I was about to make choices that maybe I shouldn't be making. (laughs) Um, And I think just because so much of like the work that I've had to do on myself Mm. in the last couple of years has been a direct result of those choices that I made in that age group (laughs) um, in my life. Like it's just something that's really important to me. Like, hey, if I can be a voice of reason that's not apparent for a kid that's going through something that all kids are going to go through 18 to 25, Like if I can be a voice of reason and maybe bring some different kind of like light to something or a different perspective, something they haven't heard before, a different way of thinking about it because I'm only three, four years off of that train. Like if I can keep somebody from experiencing some of the heartbreak that I've put myself through, all worth it. Yep. Yep. Um, I, that is very powerful because through growing up and through getting older, we do experience some things and we do make some mistakes that we wish that we didn't. Um, I definitely have gone through that, whether it be just like little things or whether it be like huge impactful things, um, maybe not necessarily pertain to God or I shouldn't say necessarily pertain to God, but um, there there are obviously big mistakes that I have made that I, that I just wish I didn't. And I think by having somebody that, is Christian and and that I I would have looked up to at that time um being able to kind of mentor me and guide me through that that probably would have made a huge difference so I think what you're doing is super super special thank you yeah you're welcome and the the next question I have for you regarding that is so you you can't really pinpoint necessarily something but you could also you know you know the why behind it Mm -hmm. now what gave you the the knowledge, would you say? Like, what are some things that you did in order to be like, okay, I want to make sure that when I do have these interactions with these with these younger, is it just women or is it also men and women that you work with? It's women. Okay. Yeah. So when I, when I do talk to these women, like, how could I be the best mentor, the best Christian um, um, mentor that I could possibly be for them? Yeah. Um, I think my answer to that is kind of twofold. Mm -hmm. I'll start with the fact that I think very rarely God calls us to things that we feel fully equipped to do. Amen. Um, (laughs) I think a lot of times like the things that, that the Holy spirit will prompt you into are things that you do not feel equipped to do fully because that causes you to have to rely on him. Um, Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, cause like if you were confident, you're in, blowing my mind, <laughs> keep going. If you were fully confident in doing something on your own, yeah. like you don't need, like 
you don't perceive yourself as needing God in that scenario. Yes, because you only need yourself then. Yeah. Oh, so I feel like most of the things that I look back on my and on in my life and mm. I'm like, that was a God moment. Um, they were all things that felt really scary. Yes. Really like things that I felt super unprepared for, super ill-equipped for. Um and like those are the moments where God shows up and like blows you away, you know. Um, so that's kind of the attitude that I had going into serving because I am not a pastor. Yeah. I didn't go to seminary. Like I, you know, there are tons of people out there who know their Bible way better than I do. Yeah, um, literally. This is what I think about. Keep going. <laughs> I love this. And so like I just try to approach it with that attitude of like God has called me and put on my heart to to pour into this mm. and i'm going to trust that when i'm supposed to speak yep the holy spirit is going to speak through me oh and it's, it's not me speaking Amen. it's the holy spirit recalling things from my life recalling ways in which he's moved recalling ways in which i've seen god work and <laughs> bless my mess kind of thing <laughs> yeah. um it's in those moments that that the holy spirit is really going to like bring those things to my mind to speak into other people um the second part of my answer mm -hmm. is I really do think like you have to take things like this seriously. Mm. Um, you know, like the, the young minds of, of our world and especially of like our faith-based world, they are like the new generation of, of, you know, spiritual fighters. And, and you really have to take that responsibility seriously of like, I, I want to make sure that everything that I say to, to these women and for the guys who are leading to these men yep. is biblically sound mm. is leading them back to Jesus and is like pointing to God in all ways. And I really think that the only way you can do that is by fostering discipline in your own life. And honestly, that is something that I'm really grateful for like yeah. serving in YA for because it's forced me to make time in my schedule to read, yep. to be in the word, yep. um, to prepare ahead of time for like the things that we're discussing every week. And that's forced a, like a rhythm of discipline in my life that that I was struggling with as well. So it's it's just really cool how God does that. I feel like, you know, God knew that I was struggling with finding discipline about being in the word. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, so you're going to like lead other people and that's going to put the onus on you that you need to come prepared every week and you need to know what you're talking about. Amen. And, and yeah, it's been awesome. And now like I've formed a habit and it's great. And I wake up every morning and I read the Bible. Whoa. And that's, that's something that I have struggled to do my entire mm -hmm. life. So, so, uh, Paul Acra, who was just on this podcast last week, um, it just came out Monday. He, mentioned that that is something that he does too the first thing that he does when he wakes up is he reads his bible now you mentioned and you're blowing my mind when you're talking <laughs> about this because i'm able to connect different things now um but you mentioned that you think that god when it comes to like doing certain things and like you're calling sometimes it's like the the people that are less equipped or least equipped that or think that they're least equipped yeah. um sometimes he brings it on them in order to do these specific things now was there ever the voice of the enemy ever like getting you to the point where you're like, I don't think I'm supposed to be doing like, I'm not, I'm not good enough to do this. Like I'm not good enough to do this. Um, I shouldn't be doing this. There's other people that are better than me that, that know scripture better than me that mm -hmm. should be talking to these young adults and, and, and molding them and, and teaching them Christ. Um, did that ever happen? Or was it always like, nah, this is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think everybody struggles with, with doubt. Um, and how that presents itself to you is, I think very um, tactical by the enemy. I don't have a confidence problem in general. <laughs> um, like that's just not a way I would describe myself. I'm usually very self-assured and on all of that. But I would say the way that the enemy has come after me is um, just wanting, like wanting to try to make me feel like uh, I've got like other things I need to do. Mm, I've got more important things keeping to do. You busy. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, when Tuesdays roll around and it's, and it's time to go to our, our Bible study, yeah. you know, those are the moments where I feel Satan really coming in like, but you have so much to do tonight. Yep. And like, 
you're going to be so tired tomorrow and all this stuff. And, um, it happens almost every week. I'm not going to lie to you. Really? Um, and it's, it's like, you got to, you got to push through those moments. And, and honestly, I think the reframe of knowing that it's the enemy mm. and, and it's not like just, Oh, I'm just feeling this way. Like that is a tactical Clearly. attack from the devil, um, to keep me from doing something that is very important to the kingdom. Um, yeah, I, I just think reframing it to know where it's coming from and what it is, is helpful in combating it, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Because like, I mean, I just listened to a Mike Todd um, sermon where he, it was on, I think, 10 different ways that you know that God is speaking to you. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things was like coincidences. However, if if this is a, a tech, not a tactic, if this is a way that, that God uses as a resource in order to try to communicate, like what's to say that the enemy isn't going to also do that as well. So I, it's a sheer coincidence, like how you were talking about that every Tuesday, for whatever reason, that that is when you get that, that, that thought that goes through your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can relate to this because every time I do this podcast, I would say, and this is so dumb, but it, it, it's so true too, is after I get done with this podcast and I, and I feel just so uplifted and in such a great mood, it's like, that's when I feel like temptations try to mm -hmm. come to me the most. And it's like now Nick is strengthening his, his faith in God right now. Like, let's try to bring him down to down a notch and let's try to, let's try to get to him and make him uh, not continue to pursue God the way that he's, that he wants in the way that he's supposed to. So I completely get with that. Now let's keep on going on with this regarding when is it the voice of the enemy? And when is it God speaking? Now there's probably been things that have come up in your life. I definitely know there's things that come up in my life where it's like, I don't necessarily know who this is and what has been your process in order to kind of articulate, okay, this is definitely God or okay, this is probably Satan. I don't know if there's like a one size fits all answer mm -hmm. to that. Um, this is something I still struggle with on I, a daily basis. I feel basis. like everybody does. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, and this is the cliche short answer is like, you know, God's voice by, acquainting yourself with his voice amen um, and you can only do that by spending time with him amen um, oh i love this keep going but, preach but that being said like there is still like satan's good at his job um there are still moments you know where i i question you know is this really god mm. am i making this up like is this me being selfish what is it yep um and the only real i guess answer that I have to that or the thing that kind of keeps me going because a lot of times you have to take those situations day by day yeah is like God is not an author of chaos um yep. he is the author of peace yep and yep. if you are ever trying to like make a decision and you feel no peace that's not God that's like, what I was gonna say. Keep going. <laughs> I oh. mean, I'll I'll take it back to me moving here, right? Yep. It was scary, but I was excited. I wasn't afraid. Yeah. And like everything fell into place in a way that like I didn't have to worry. I didn't have to be anxious. Like there was total peace over that entire situation. Um and I've had other, you know, situations in my life where like, oh, I thought God was talking, but then if I really step back and think about it, I'm like everything about this situation is like a dumpster fire <laughs> um, like this is this is obviously not god um and like maybe you know i'm kind of going through a situation right now where yeah. i feel like god's put a prompting on my heart for something and uh -huh. has like placed something on my heart and in my selfish desires and attacks from the enemy are putting a sense of urgency on it that mm. god did not put there um, and so I'm kind of like struggling with a situation right now where I'm like, I think, I think the overall idea is from God, but God's also saying it's not time yet. You don't need to do this yet. I will make it happen when it's supposed to. Um, and like, I, yeah, I think that's the, the best way I've found to kind of like try to decipher between God's voice and, and Satan's voice is if you do not feel peace, God's not there. <laughs> this is... I th this is so dumb. I think, I think this was supposed to happen because of course it was, <laughs> this was absolutely supposed to happen because the the conversation that we're having right now, it, 
just makes things so much clearer. And it's, it's so relatable to things that I literally have either one been going through or two have gone through in the past. Mm -hmm. So I will bring up something that, that happened to me recently in the fact of you, you were mentioning that there might be something that God wants from you and that, that he is working on right now, Mm -hmm. but it's saying that tries to rush things. Mm -hmm. And right before, no, I think it was after like my first episode or second episode, I got this ridiculous feeling when it comes to relationships, like Nick, you're not supposed to be in a relationship with anybody right now. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to commit a season to this and you're supposed to do this for an entire year. And, and like, I need you to do that. And I, I got this ridiculous feeling. I remember I was in my, I was watching like a Sadie Robertson podcast in my room and I was like, not tearing up. But I was like, it was like this, this strong conviction that it's like, this is what you're supposed to do. And I told I told my friends, this, I told my family this and they're like, no, Nick, if somebody comes into your life, like just go by it. And sure enough, I, when I felt like there's, there was instances where it's like, oh, maybe like this is someone that I'm supposed to be spending time with, or maybe this is something that's supposed to be happening. Like it, it just doesn't feel right or it doesn't go well or whatever. And then when I commit back to this, it's like everything just starts making sense again. So Going to what you were saying, I can relate with this so much because once again, it's like God might have a plan for you when it comes to something specific and it doesn't have to be a relationship. It doesn't have to be your job. It could be literally anything. But like if you get that urge where it is peace, Mm -hmm. because when when I felt what I felt, it was it was peace. It was clear as day and I wasn't afraid. I wasn't scared. I wasn't anxious about it. I was like, yep, this is what I'm supposed to do. I, I can't explain it. No one's going to understand. And sure enough, no one understood what I was saying, but it just made sense to me. And it, it was just this ridiculous, like overwhelming feeling of like, this is what you need to be doing right now. Yeah. Um. And, and when you get that, you should follow it and you should go by it. Because once again, like how you were saying, the enemy might try to speed things up and he might, he might dangle things in front of you and he might make you feel like this is what you are supposed to be doing. Instead, don't listen to that. Yeah. If it makes you anxious, if it, if it feels like it's, it's not something that's bringing you peace, it's not from God. hundred percent. And I like one of my favorite things to say is God is never early. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He is always just on time. Um, And yeah, I just, I think like, it's funny to me as Christians, because we're always praying, right. For like God to like, show us, like, show me what, give me a sign. Yeah. Like, give me a sign. Show me what I'm supposed to be doing, whatever. And then I think sometimes God does. (laughs) And then we're we like, and, and then we're like, oh, okay, right. So like tomorrow yeah. and, and God's like, no, 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 like in a year, but yep. like, I'm just showing you, yep. like, I have this promise for you oh. and like, you're blowing my mind. Keep going, keep going. It's crazy because we'll literally ask to like, see something like I've been doing this. I've been asking God, like, show me, like, show me if this is like something that you have for me. Mm. And he'll like, give me these little glimpses and I'll be like, okay, right. So it's like tomorrow. Like, yeah. I'm going to get this now. <laughs> And he's like, no, no. Um, yeah. And it, it's just, it's funny to me, like how much our relationship with God resembles like a, a literal toddler and, and parents. So true. Um, so true. But it, I mean, it just, honestly, it speaks volumes to like how patient God is with us and how much he loves us because it just, we do these things over and over and over again. So I want to get your opinion on something because I don't know the answer to this and I'm wondering if you do. So I don't remember if it says in the Bible that God doesn't tempt you or if it is that he does do specific things in order to show you different things. And the reason why I'm going around this right now is because my question is when God shows you those glimpses, and it's not necessarily something that's supposed to be tomorrow, but it's supposed to be in due time, like how you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that sometime that happens where it's like, hey, it's not it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's going to happen like in the future yeah. because he wants your heart to be in the right place. A hundred percent. But I don't think that it's God like tempting you necessarily. Mm. Like, I think the thing is, is like God is omniscient and he knows what's going to happen before it happens. So like he knows how Satan's going to tempt you. He knows like he knows how all of that's going to play out. Yeah. Um. And so I think God and his benevolence will show us things that are meant for us or give us glimpses or or promptings or whatever you want to call it um, of things that he has for us in the future. Um, And it's like 
it is kind of a, a test maybe in a way mm -hmm. to like really see like where is your heart where are you putting your stock yes um where is your identity yeah i have had to catch myself <sighs> in this so many times where like no matter how far along i get in my faith walk or how much process progress i think i've made from you know three years ago whatever yep. um i still have these moments where god will show me something and it's immediate like impatience like trying to do things my own way yep. trying to put plans into place um and you know god made me a planner and that's not a bad thing but like you can tell that my shit my identity shift immediately goes to like how can i make this happen mm. um and i feel like that's something god's really working out in me right now is like no i'm sometimes i'm gonna show you things and i just want you to sit back yep. like that's cool god <laughs> can't wait to see how you do it um, oh i love that i love that <laughs> um, which is not easy for me because yeah. i am such a like type a like the second someone tells me like we're doing this i'm like right okay let's go so starting here we're gonna do this and then we're gonna do this and then we're gonna do this yep. and that's like that is so evident in my life of a way that i do not trust god to follow through on his promises mm. and i think he's really working that out in me <laughs> um yeah <laughs> once again i feel like this makes a lot of sense um i won't get into specifics but there's there's definitely something that was going on like um from a professional standpoint mm -hmm. where it was like i got so impatient and i i was like demanding that something happen like now and i couldn't understand why it wasn't happening now and it was making me aggravated i was getting anxious and it was causing all this anxiety and when you trust God and you understand that hey he's got a plan for you just be patient and trust that and I was actually on my way back from the gym today um I was listening to a Ben Stewart um video big fan of Ben Stewart love his book haven't done yet but anyway um he was he brought up like I know or maybe I'm not I know but you will you will understand that God is in your life when you're able to the things that once got you worried and the thing that once got you caused a lot of anxiety in your life. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, those things don't necessarily cause you anxiety anymore. Yeah. Um, maybe a, a past situation would would have created an argument. You're not getting that argument anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think by strengthening your relationship with God, understanding Him, seeking Him, I've been big on seeking God right now. Um. And how do we do that by what you were talking about before reading your Bible? I think just including him in your everyday life goes yeah. so far. Um, but when you, when you do that, when, when you understand that, that God does have a plan for you and you might not understand it, but you don't need to understand it. You just yeah. need to trust him. hundred percent. And like, honestly, this has been proven time and time again in my life. Like God's way, God's plan is always better than anything I tried to pull together yeah. on my own. Um, and if you can just like remind yourself of that and kind of like rest in that, like, oh, this is kind of like, I don't know what he's doing, but like, I know from past experience that it always works out better than I could have possibly imagined. Um, I, yeah. I mean, it's hard to do. It's a daily, it's a daily practice, honestly. And I liked what you said about like including God in your daily yes. life, because I think this idea of like getting closer to God, getting close to Jesus, like can seem like this really lofty idea sometimes. And it's, um, kind of like hard to figure out like, how do I do that? Especially mm. if you're, if you're someone like me and you do have these thoughts of like, well, I don't, you know, I didn't go to seminary. I don't know Hebrew. Like sometimes I read the Bible and I have no idea what that just meant. Um, <laughs> and I think it's like being real with God goes yes. a long way. Yep. And that's something that I've learned in the last couple of years is like, like it's okay to just talk to God like he's there in the room with you because he is. Um, and to talk to him like a friend, you know, it's like you don't have to have this like, you know, structured like prayer every time you want to talk to God like it really is as simple as like sometimes I'm just frustrated or I had a bad day and I'm like God what are you doing like I am frustrated right now I don't understand what's going on I'm like on the verge of a breakdown like I need you to do something and and like those are the kind of conversations that you can have with God they don't have to be these like crazy structured 
lofty theological things i think like god really appreciates when we bring him in to like our moments and and things that are happening that are real and raw and like just real life they're going back to the mike todd video that i just watched when i talked about the 10 different ways god speaks to you Mm -hmm. one of those ways was through other people and it's so crazy the words that are coming out of your mouth because i was talking to someone yesterday and it was about prayer and it was about how am I supposed to talk to God? And my answer was talk to him. However, there's no right or wrong way to talk yeah. to God. Um, and talk, get real with him. Talk to him like he's your friend. Be just whatever is on your mind. Just, just speak to that. And once again, hearing you say these words, it's just, it, that's a miracle on its own of like, God works in such crazy ways. In he such does. Mysterious ways. You're getting confirmation right now. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I just think we really need to like simplify yes. um, what it looks like to have a relationship with God. And mm. that doesn't mean not taking it seriously, right? Like you, you do need to take like studying the word seriously and, and growing in that and not staying stagnant. Um, you know, those are all things that, that you should take seriously, mm-hmm. but I think this idea that we can't look at God like we would look at our earthly best friend yeah. is is just silly. Yeah. Like because he is and he he's way better than that person could ever be. Like, um, and and I just like I have found so much peace and comfort yes. in different situations in my life from treating God that way, my relationship with him that way, mm-hmm. then from before when I kind of thought of him as just being this like distant thing up there that was unreachable and unattainable um, and trying to pray to that. Yeah. That idea in my head yes. was very difficult, but like looking at Jesus is like, I can't see you, but I know you're sitting over there yep. and I know, you know what I went through all day today. Yep. And I know you were there when that conversation happened. And I know you were there when I got that disappointing news. And like, you just got, like, you got to break it down. Yes. It's, it's, it's simple. It's really simple. Completely agree. What was I going to say? Um, <laughs> no, not again. This happened last time. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh gosh. So, so last time we were talking, there was a moment where I had something in my head that I wanted to say and I couldn't remember it. And then five minutes later, it came back to me and all of a sudden I know where, Oh, I know what I was going to say. Okay. (laughs) Much shorter, much shorter this time. (laughs) So I love how you were talking about when you said that, that he's not this distant thing. He, he is someone that's right next to you. When I created beyond doubt, my whole thing behind that, and this was before I got super, super into my faith was the only love that I need is, is the love within myself, which I, I, I find somewhat true, but I also disagree with a little bit now. And the reason why I disagree with that now is before I would try to get approval from other people. Now the only approval I need is from Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. which I know is 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 infinite and and it's abundant and He will always love me and I find peace in that and I find love in that and I love how you were saying that. God isn't this this distant thing. God God is our Father and God is always with us and and the Holy Spirit is always within us and and the miracles and the the coincidences or or the things that He says to you, whether it be audibly or whether it be whether something comes up to you like how we we're talking about before and it's just this convicting feeling like this is what i'm supposed to be doing in so many different ways he is always within us he's always right next to us and that's something that we really do need to pay attention to mm-hmm. and, and be aware of and how do we strengthen that through through scripture through reading the bible through through including uh god like how we were saying before in our everyday life and i think the more we do that the easier it is to decipher, oh, this is definitely God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think also like doing things like what we're doing right now, I've, I did not, um, grow up most of my life having like a very strong Christian community outside of like my immediate family. Um, and so I kind of like wrote it off as something that I didn't really need. Um, like it would be nice, a nice to have, but not a need. Um, and now that I find myself in a community, mm-hmm. like it is so important. It is so important to put yourself around other believers and to have conversations about like 
tough things and and life um because like even what you were saying like what we're doing right now and just like you saying things or me saying things that that are kind of like validating or confirming things that we're going through Yeah. yeah and i think that kind of stuff is really important and it's it is a way that god speaks to you and um you know you can find like god's presence where people gather to talk about him and um i just think that's like it's so important to not minimize i guess the need for community um and how much we all need each other to rely on and to like encourage us so bible talks about fellowship and then also what you were saying too along the lines of like finding god in different places like it does not need to be church and it it isn't church where you're always going to hear it that's one resource for you to to hear god but it's not every resource to hear god and yeah. this is a perfect example like just having this conversation and hopefully someone else that hears this as well is like wow i'm definitely feeling god right now like mm-hmm. i'm definitely feeling his presence and then the whole what you're doing right now with your young adults. So you are, you are mentoring in your, in a fellowship with the, with these younger women and you are teaching them and you're once again, bringing God into your everyday life. One thing that I, that is super, super important to me right now is, is seeking God everywhere and, and having God in my life everywhere. And I want him to be every part of my life. Um, brought this up before and I'm going to bring it up again, just cause it's so important. Um, I had a conversation with my director when I was going through a hard time and the things that were coming out of her word, out of her voice, out of her words, were definitely God speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I had no idea at the time whether that person was was religious or not, because that person never talked about like religion, talked about faith. Um, and then comes to comes um, to know, or I come to find out that they are religious. Mm-hmm. And it's just so crazy that when I share my religion. Like sometimes I almost used to feel bottled up and feel like I'm not supposed to talk about this. Cause I think society and also probably the enemy, um, tries to, tries to limit and, and tries to, um, what's the word? Get rid, not get rid of, but tries to, um, hide that aspect of your life. Um, or, or doesn't want you to be as vocal about it. Yeah. yeah so for for the longest time, I, I that would just be something that I just wouldn't necessarily talk about. Yeah. Um, my faith was not something that I would include in my everyday my everyday life. My faith was not something I would I would openly discuss with different people, especially people I wasn't comfortable with yeah. or that I didn't know if they were religious or not. Mm-hmm. And the what I'm finding out though, and I I give credit to um, Braden Bond who was on this podcast twice now. Um, he talked about how he specifically like he goes out of his way like it, he's gonna he has made the decision to incorporate god and include god in his everyday life and he's gonna talk about it. he's gonna listen to worship music when he's on the job he's he's going to have conversations with people about god yeah. and ever since i started doing that i've been so surprised and and happy and and joyful at the conversations that have come out of it because yep. there are believers out there and they are probably having the same um um thought process that i did at the at at one point in my life where it was like they they're hindering their faith right now because they don't necessarily know if it's something that they're supposed to discuss yeah and i think like something that i have found really cool coming out like i guess as a a a consequence of of the young adults thing Mm -hmm. um we meet in a public space Mm. And we, you know, we're there every week. Like people see us. Yeah. Um. They see that we all have our Bibles. They yeah. they hear us. They walk by. They hear us talking. And I wonder sometimes, like, how many seeds you might be planting. Yes. Without even really doing anything, except like, like you're not even worried about that. You're not trying to do that. You're not trying to evangelize. Like no. you're not doing those things, but you never know like who is watching. Yes. Um, and I've had so many like weird encounters like this where really? like I, you know, will go to a coffee shop to work and I'll bring my Bible yep. with me and yep. I'll just like do my Bible reading. And I've had multiple people like come up to me um, and start a conversation about faith. And oh, it's just so like, cool. yeah. And I, I think for me like that feels like a like a validation from the holy spirit of like hey i love that you are out here showing that you love me in public yes um and and that's become like such an important thing for me to do is be open about the fact that i have a faith even with people 
you know, who don't, I have friends that, that do not have a faith, right. um, but they know I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, and, and there's a tension that exists in that, that, you know, you have to be kind of careful with, but like, yes, I made a decision a year and a half, two years ago that I was going to be very vocal about the fact that my beliefs are an integral part of who I am. Mm. Um, you know, I've got tattoos that say that I've got, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I, I do things like bring my Bible in public. Like you just, you have to get over the fear of Mm. what are people going to think about me? Because it doesn't matter. And honestly, I can say I have had way more experiences of people coming up to me out of curiosity or wanting to talk about it than ever having people coming up to me being like, what are you doing? Why do you have your Bible? Like, that has never happened. <laughs> I you mentioned one part during that too, where it was like with with doing this, there there is definitely something that comes out of it in the sense of like you need to be on your A game. Like if you're going to publicly like represent and be a child of God, be a woman of God, like mm-hmm. when you're doing things right, people are definitely going to notice that, and that might shine a light to somebody else, and they might bring somebody close to God. But also. And this is something that, that I've been very, very careful with recently. And I obviously I fall short sometimes, but like when, when you are this person and you made that decision that I want to include God in my everyday life and I want to be light and I want to show people the word of God and spread the word of God. Like when you do make mistakes, it's like this person is supposed to be this person as, as vocal about being a Christian and vocal in their faith. Like don't. It, it, it gets very hard. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes where yeah. it's like, you really got to make sure that you're not going to be making those, those mistakes. And, um, going into the point of then once again, like finding God everywhere. Like I think by, by seeking the kingdom and seeking God, I think choosing against those temptations or choosing against things that would bring someone away from him. I think those also diminish a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really liked what you said a couple of seconds ago about just like, um being on your a game yeah like i i feel really strongly about this um so this is like this is um i guess a hot topic in in the church world that like i feel just like very very strongly about um obviously yes you should be leading by example Mm. um always um and you you will fail in that you will fall short but I sure think will. <laughs> I think something that is really important to me and something that I stress heavily in mm-hmm. my faith walk and especially when I'm talking about my faith to other people is like I have gone through like a major deconstruction of like what I thought faith and being a Christian was. Ooh, let's um, talk about it. <laughs> and like I just think like God did not call us to live these like buttoned up yes. lives of like constriction. Yes. Like that is not in the Bible. Um, and I think like so much of popular church, like culture and, you know, like the, the Christian culture, like when we were growing up specifically was just so damaging to my view on like what being a Christian was supposed to look like. Um, because honestly, like as, as much as I've made decisions in my life that maybe weren't always the best or, or things that I look back on now and I'm just like, oh, that mm-hmm. maybe wasn't the thing. Um, those things have been my biggest ways to like give a testimony. Oh, amen. And like, I'm not saying you should like go out and like sin or do things that you shouldn't do so you can have a testimony. I'm just saying like, we... I feel like the church culture tends to kind of ignore this whole side of things, which is your brokenness Mm -hmm. is what allows people to see Jesus in you. Yes. Like a a cracked pot shows light. (laughs) Um, And so like, I am just very like passionate about that idea that I never want people to look at me, especially people that I'm close to in life that don't, believe in God or did believe in God and don't anymore. Those are the people that I am most concerned about. Like, how does my image portray Jesus? And like, yes, there is this side of it over here. That's like, 
there's certain things I'm not going to do. There's certain parts of popular culture I'm not going to participate right. in. Like there are those things. But on the flip side of that, I'm not this like totalitarian, yeah. like like dictator, like everything has to be this way, black and white, whatever. Because like to me, that is the reason why so many people are turned off Amen. to Christianity. And like I... I believe that we are supposed to live our life in like abundant freedom mm -hmm. and like, yes, use discernment, use judgment, mm -hmm. but we're called to freedom. Right. And I just think, I just think that that, I don't know, you're the point that you made, like really just brought that to my mind. No. And, and let's, so I will, I will add to that. So, um, okay. So we had a little blip and I forgot what I was going to talk about again, but I remember now. So going back to what you were discussing when it came to like, Hey, you, you're not going to be perfect. And I know now I know what I was going to talk about. <laughs> okay. So there's a little blip. We're back. All right. So basically you mentioned that, that you're, you're going to mess up. It, it, it's going to happen, but also like you, that could be used. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, your testimony is everything. A person's testimony is everything, especially nowadays. And the reason why is because we have the Bible, which is literally a bunch of other people's different testimonies. To, and it's created as one book, but that was written forever. That was written thousands of years ago. And, and in a day and age where we don't even believe things that happened to us the day before or, or a week ago, having someone be able to talk about specific things that did happen to them and, and how they learned from it and how they, how they, yeah, just how they learn from it is so important. And it's such a powerful tool that we have nowadays. So I completely agree when you say that a, a person's testimony, like that could be used um, um, because it, it has been used in me. And I think it's been used in other people as well. And I'm going to let you add on to that if you want to. Yeah, it's just this idea around shame. That, yes. And like... <laughs> God has never like I'm pretty sure there's no place in the Bible where God like calls us to be ashamed of the things no, that we've done. Shame is the enemy. Yeah. And so like there is power in sharing the the places that you've tripped up in life and how God has redeemed those situations. Like there is so much power in sharing those things. And I think church culture as a whole like doesn't encourage that. It, it doesn't some some church culture some churches, yes. i just mean like like as a whole like the feel of christianity is very like let's not talk about the things that we've messed up um, no and and no that's that's a great point because i think some some people that don't necessarily like um aren't faithful and aren't aren't christian like i think sometimes their their question is like well if you're a christian then how why do you send it's like no like you the Bible under the Bible talks about sin. The Bible understands that we are going to sin, but the difference is the Bible also says that you're going to be forgiven on that. Mm -hmm. um, and if you keep on seeking God and you, and you continue to strive to be the best Christian you could be, that's the point of Christianity. And that's the point of, of, of what we believe in is following yeah. Jesus and becoming these followers. Like it does not say we're going to be perfect. It lets us know that we're not going to be perfect, but the difference is we are saved because we believe in him. Yeah. And like, if you're dealing with people that are coming from a place where they don't have a faith and maybe they're carrying all this baggage with them, but they're curious. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to reach those people more easily by being willing to share the things that have gone wrong in your life. Um, because you know, you like, I, I have personally like been a part of conversations where like, I know that somebody I'm talking to has like been through it, yeah. <laughs> like, you know? And it's like, those are the moments where I will choose to be like, Hey, I never told you this, but like, here's this really, really tough thing that yep. I went through five years ago, seven years ago, whatever, like that element of humanness and that element of brokenness is what, humans relate to yeah and i think if you're willing to share those things and you're willing to share like how god has worked miracles in those situations in your life like that is how you're going to reach broken people Amen. you're not going to reach broken people by like sitting up here on your on your hill just being like yes i'm a christian and i've done everything right because i'm not going to tell you the things that i've done wrong um yeah i just think like you don't win hearts that way. No. And it's so funny that you say this because I was listening to Ben Stewart sermon on the way 
home from the gym. And one thing that he talked about is like, we cannot compare our spirituality to others in the sense of like the analogy that he used. And honestly, I thought about this before was like, if someone chooses to not eat pork, let's say, because it's somewhere in the Bible, like what, and I, I grew up with seventh day Adventist. So I understand this part too, is, um, some, they choose not to eat pork. That's something that they believe in. And it's like, we, as a Christian, like you're not supposed to compare yourself and compare, compare how strong you are in your faith to others. Like that, let, let that be between that person and God and, and showing your openness, like how you were talking about, just goes so far. It's like, don't try to be that perfect person. Like don't pretend to be that perfect person when you're not that perfect person. Cause once again, the only person that has ever been perfect is Jesus. Last time I checked, none of us are Jesus. Um, <laughs> but be as real as possible to the point that you were saying before, where it's like, people are going to, are going to resonate to that mm-hmm. as opposed to anything else. Yep. A hundred percent. Yep. How long have we been going? I don't know. <laughs> An hour? Okay, cool. Uh, is there anything else that's on your mind that we just that we just need to talk about that you got to get off your chest? I don't know. Nothing at the moment. Okay. I feel like I feel like all the things that have come to my so head we've, we've talked about. It, it was honestly so good. <laughs> Michaela, this was round two. We're pretending it's round one because I lost the file in the round one, so... Round one point. I don't know. You get it. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely.